folks and welcome to the Crochet Circle podcast. This is episode 12. Who are you going to call? Stash Busters! Um, has to be sung. There's no other way to do that. You can't say those words without singing those words, I'm afraid. How are you all doing? Hopefully you're all well and you've had a great festive season. You've all had fun and lots of lovely food and lots of lovely gifts and seen your families. Um, I'll go into a little bit more detail about what I've been up to um, in a moment. Um, first things first, the admin bits. This episode, as always, is sponsored by my company, Knit It, Hook It, Craft It. Um, and you can find all of the show notes that are really comprehensive at www.thecrochetcircle.podbean.com. Um, if you're listening, then that's a great place to go and get all of the content visually. You can see the yarns that I've been using, the projects that I've been working on, and that's where I put all of the pattern links. So I also add that um, website address into the bottom of the YouTube channel so everyone can see it and, ha and have a look at what, um, what I've been up to and what I've been talking about in the podcast. Uh, what do we have? There's three random people that I've picked out of the Ravelry group. Ravelry? I still can't really say Ravelry properly and... I'm going to sing it here again. I have it in my head. Um, some of you may know Stevie Winwood is a really good, well, I think so, um, songwriter and singer. And he <laughs> did a song called Valerie. And in my head, Ravelry always comes out in the same way as Valerie, the song. So whenever I say Ravelry, part of the reason I can't really say it properly is because in my head it's going Ravelry. Ravelry. Again, apologies for me not being able to sing, but this is like the internal monologue in my in my mind. Um, so yeah, random ravelers digression. We've got Happy Hound eleven and Thel and somebody I love this name called Snotestine, which I think is a merge of snot and intestine. I think. Um, and she's called Shannon. So hello to all of you folks, the random ravelers. And it's Diane B's birthday, which is um, Diane, who's part, um, she's a good part of our ravelry group. She's uh, she's an old lurker. <laughs> um, so happy birthday to you, Diane. If you're listening on Friday on published day, it's your birthday today. Happy birthday to you. Um, as usual, you can get the um, download from iTunes from Stitcher and from Podbean. When I update it to Podbean, it automatically goes across those other areas. And um, YouTube on the channel, the Crochet Circle channel also. And um, yeah, I think that's it for that. What I'm gonna cover this month, we have got Ye Crochet or Nay Crochet, setting the scene for 2017. The usual bits and pieces I missed out last time. So finished objects, works in progress, and um, feeding habit. That section might be quite long this time. And quad the rav, and also what's good. So, we take a slurp, and then we can push on with ye crochet or nay crochet. This is the third time we've recorded, by the way. First time round, it was just stupid. Second time round, the cat decided that he was going to be sick, just out there. And so this is my third time recording. I should also say before I start with the crochet or no crochet. If you're listening, 
you might notice that the acoustics are a little bit different today and if you're watching you will know that the acoustics are a little different today and that's because I'm actually in my new stash palace. Do, do, do. We've moved a couple of rooms around in the house, um, I won't go into details as to why, it just made more sense for the layout of what we were doing. So I've now taken the smallest bedroom and this is completely now just my, my stash room, whereas previously it was a spare bedroom and a stash room. And so now I've just taken over a whole room, which is glorious. And I did it in between Christmas and New Year because it, allowed, it meant that I had to take all of my yarn out of the cabinets to move the cabinets. It was quite a big job, <laughs> mainly because of the amount of yarn that I have. We tried to move the cabinets with the yarn in, just far too heavy. <laughs> so I literally just scooped it off the cupboards straight onto the floor down 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 and then we moved the cabinets and then um, moved it all into the room that I'm recording in now and set it back up and that allowed me to assess what yarn I had just before the end of the year which is quite an important thing and you'll you'll find out why um, when I go to 20 I'm setting the scene for 2017. So that's why it sounds a little bit different. That's why it looks different. It's certainly warmer in here than it is in my office. Um, and the light is pretty good. I'm using a false light as well, so it should be quite a lot brighter. Um, and the the camera setup and the recording setup that I've got is actually quite portable. So you might find that I'm in different locations depending on where the daylight is for that um, that recording session. The, play, the room that I'm in at the moment gets really quite good daylight at this time of day, which was another good reason for recording here. And because it's a much smaller room, the audio should be better as well because it's, it's not as cavernous sounding when I'm recording. So hopefully all round, two thumbs up, better. So now that we've got that and you can, uh, if you're watching, you can see just how much stash I have. I will move on to ye crochet or nay crochet and there is no doubt it can only be one thing and that is a ye crochet and that is a ye crochet to the crochet circle Christmas crochet along. It's quite a mouthful. That's that's all. That's quite difficult to get out. Um, we kicked it off and when I, I say we I mean it really is a we because of all of the lovely people that have taken part in it. I'm a little bit overwhelmed by it. It's, It's been fabulous and it's had so much support from people online, particularly on Instagram and Ravelry. And it has just been lovely to see what people have been coming out with and the enthusiasm for taking part in a crochet along. And also the calls already for us to do another one where, you know, we're only, what, 10 days into this one and people are already asking for another one to be set up. So that will come for sure. We will do another crochet along because this one's been so much fun and it's ongoing. So um, we kicked off on the 24th of December. It was a Christmas Eve start date, um, but that didn't mean to say that you had to start on Christmas Eve. And frankly, today is the 3rd of December. This will go live, is it the 3rd? I have no concept of what time and what day it is. Sunday. I think, I think, <laughs> I think today is the 3rd of December. Is it Tuesday today? I think it is. 
honestly that's what having a little bit of time off does for you over this time you have no recollection of what day it is or what date it is either way i think it's tuesday and the podcast will go out on friday um and you could be hooking on at any point still i've i've done two projects which i'll show you i'll show you them in fo's um, but I've got another couple of projects that I want to do under the guise of the crochet along. So you're not too late. If you're listening to this on published date, get your hooks out. Get that little skein of yarn going that you have been saving. Maybe it was your Christmas skein of yarn. Get that out. Get that wound into a ball and uh, get get hooking. There are three categories. So one is the Winter Wonder Socks by... Uh, Vicky Brown, lovely pattern, and Vicky really kindly has given a 50% discount code for um, crochet alongers. And all you need to do is when you go to buy the pattern on Ravelry, it's called Winter Wonder Socks, and you type in the code CCCAL, so three C's, AL, crochet circle, CAL, and you will get a 50% discount, which brings it down to £1.50 for the pattern. £1.50 very well spent, I will say, and I'll, I'll come on to that in a bit. And the other category is to do Spun Gold, which is by Kat Golden from the Crochet Project. And you'll be able to see all of them in my FOs as well. And then the third category is to do anything of your choosing, any crochet project of your choosing. Now, I've had quite a few um, of our kind of normal crochet people saying, oh, I'm, I'm on a bit of a knitting vibe at the moment. So put that into your FOs. I don't care. I'm just happy that people are crafting. Um, I have to say that the prizes will be for um, crochet. However, get in on it. If you need a little deadline, like me, you need to be pushed to do something or you just want to be part of it and sharing your work, come on in. I really don't mind if you're sewing. I, I don't mind what you're doing as part of the crochet along. I'm just happy for people to be crafting and getting enjoyment out of it and get your stuff into the into the works in progress thread on Ravelry. I'm now at the point where I have to put in an FO's thread because there are so many people that are finishing off some of their projects and getting ready to start second and third projects like I am. So I need to I need to pull my finger out and get on with that. But it's just been fabulous. And one of the things I am I think really overwhelmed with is I've had real internet issues in between Christmas and New Year. Um, we we live in Cheshire, which is pretty much Middle England. It's it's in the north, but it's it's to the south of the north, if that makes sense. We're fairly close to the central belt of England, and we live almost equidistant between three major areas of population: Birmingham, Liverpool, and Manchester. Now you'd think that, given that that's the case, that we would get quite decent broadband and internet where we are not the case really not the case our broadband is horrendous and it's very intermittent and it's difficult to get stuff to download and to upload to the point that we can't view anything online um certainly can't do it in hd and anything we do we tend to do on an ipad because that does it at such a low res that we can actually watch it and even then we get buffering we get we call it the um spinning pizza wheel of death we've just got that very slow little groaning wheel um, churning away on, with a little hamster with small feet um, and so we've had real issues in the lead up to Christmas and in between Christmas and New Year as well 
and we've been away quite a bit as well, the point I'm coming to, finally, is that because I haven't been able to get onto Ravelry, but I've been able to do stuff on my phone and Instagram, I was a little bit concerned that people would be engaging with the Ravelry thread. Ravelry, see again, Ravelry, Ravelry thread. Um, and that they would feel a little bit lonesome because I wasn't able to um, communicate with them. And I went in there last night, which was really the first proper opportunity that I'd had. And what can I say, you lot are a bunch of gems because you've all been in there, you've all been interacting with each other and you've not been waiting for me to be the catalyst for the communications and I I love that. I love the fact that it's not dependent on me being the main conveyor of good wishes and um, encouraging people to take part in Ravelry. I really, really like that fact. To the fact um, to the point that uh, I think it was a couple of days ago I think it's Lisa, I'm sorry if I've got your name wrong um, said, oh I'm late to the party am I too late? and Joe Feathers and Thread I think it is straight back at her and said, no what are you going to do? Come on in love it, absolutely love it it's not dependent on me being the the main pusher everybody else in there is kind of having a go as well and, and enc really encouraging people so Thank you, ladies. You know who you are. You're the ones that are always in there, kind of keeping the keeping it going, and I really, really appreciate it. I listen to another. Well, I watch another podcast, which is um, Nathan's podcast. He's the sockmetician, and he's always having to say on his podcast, "I, I wish that more people would um, kind of take control of their Ravelry thread." And he, I think, he feels like it's always dependent on him getting discussions going and keeping discussions going. So I feel really pleased that um, you guys have been doing it and you've been doing it for the Christmas um, Cal and for other bits and pieces as well. So, you know, real heartfelt thank you for that. I've been able to keep track of it on Instagram and you're doing the same on Instagram as well. So, yeah, really, really appreciated that we've got such a lovely community on Ravelry and Instagram. And very supportive and that it doesn't have to be me as the mainstay of that that you all you all are so supportive that you're in there anyway so thank you <laughs> so yeah the the christmas cal is 100 percent my crochet yay it's just been it's been fabulous have a look at the hashtag so uh, on instagram it's hashtag oh, i can't really can't speak today i think the cat sick has thrown me <laughs> really grim um it's hashtag tcc christmas cal and like i say it's ongoing but go and have a look at what everybody's been making there are so many lovely things in there and quite varied things as well and also get on it get get crocheting along for the crochet along um if you're into the group on ravelry then you just need to look for the thread which is christmas cal and like i say i'll start the full thread so yeah Go and have a peek and see what everyone's been up to. It's been fab. Sorry, quick slurp of uh, coffee. Um, setting the scene for twenty seventeen is my next segment, and I'm just I'm going to have to refer to my notes on this one because it's quite a long list. I introduced this um, in the last podcast and said that I wanted to create an area on Ravelry where people could see what their crafting goals were for 2017 
uh, and I'd listed out some of mine for the previous year and how I'd done with them and I put my 2017 goals in and lots of you've been in there doing exactly that and feel free to just go in and, and add a list and edit the list and um, I've edited mine a couple of times now because I've looked through other people's crafting goals for 2017 and I've gone oh I really want to do that as well and I really want to do that so I've added in things like sewing my own first garment I think last night I also added in baking bread because I really want to be able to bake my own bread very well. I um, quite often get Kat Golden's feed on Instagram. She, she often has these beautiful pictures of um, crusty loaves on her Instagram feed and it just makes me think, yeah. I, and I work from home, have done for a year now and I could be baking my own bread as part of my daily, well not quite daily because we don't eat that much bread, but as part of my weekly maybe ritual of working from home. So that's in there. Um, but yeah, it's been really interesting to see what everybody else has been adding in as their goals for 2017. So just to give you a quick rundown of um, some of mine. And the first one, do you know what? I'm going to come to my second one first because the first one is a biggie. So I'm going to try and log all of my stash on Ravelry. A few people have come back into the um, Ravelry group and said that they do that and they find it really beneficial, but that it's most beneficial when you add a photo. <laughs> and if you're watching and you can see how much yarn I've got, you can see how much of a task that would be for me. So I think that's something that I would have to do throughout the year. I think even if I tried to tackle it in a weekend, it would probably take me more than one weekend to log all of my stash on Ravelry. Yeah, there's a lot. So that's one of the things I want to try and do for this year. Um, I'd like to do more crochet colour work. I really enjoyed the hat that I did from um, the Crochet Project Raw book. And I can see how I could do my own designs using crochet colour work. So um, that's, that's a real to-do for me for this year. Um, I'd like to explore more and different crochet stitches got quite a few under my belt but I think I probably need to expand that now and see how we can pull it into my design work and with that one of the things that I'm quite interested in is mixing and matching crochet and knitting together maybe in garments or other work but really seeing how the two things can pull together I think that could be really quite an, an interesting study if you see yeah, it would be an interesting study and then hopefully leading to some designs. I warn you, trouble has just come up, come in. If you're audio, you might start getting purrs, but um, sick boy has just entered the podcast. <laughs> Are you going to behave? Are you going to be sick on me? No, good boy. Um, my next one is to use more British breeds in my crochet projects. I'm very good at doing it for my knitted projects and for a lot of my crochet stuff, but I have an entire shelf um, that is just British breed specific yarn, um, which I kind of, I bought quite a lot of at the beginning of 2016. And I think it's just time to do something with that and understand the breeds a little better. Um, and crochet more garments of course because I love the ones that I've done particularly the Liala top and you'll see my whips I may have started another one so more crochet garments for me in my timeline and 
on the finished objects front, I've got three large projects that I really have to get sorted out and done. The TARDIS cushion, I've managed to do a little bit more on, Shoreline's blanket and my second Onkia. Um, so they are, you know, they have to be finished in 2017 and I'd like to think that they will be done. Certainly the blanket and the Onkia inside of the first three to six months of 2017. I'd also like to log more of my finished objects on Ravelry. I know that it really helps people and I know how much I get out of looking at other people's finished objects and seeing what yarn they've used and the, their project notes are extremely helpful. So I, I need to sign up to getting more FOs onto Ravelry. Um, for knitting, I want to knit some garments. Um, I'm, re I'm really thinking that 2017 will be the year of garments for me, whether they're crocheted, knitted, or hand sewn, which will be going some because my sewing skills, my my hand sewn skills are really good. I've done it since I was maybe six, seven years old and um, my machine skills not so good. So that would be a good thing to develop by doing um, garments. And then the other bits and pieces and um, sew a garment I've already talked about. I'd like to be more focused about sketching out my designs and my ideas. There's an awful lot that's going on up in here in my um, in my brain, but it's not necessarily been transferred to paper. And I, I think I need to sort that out. Well, I know I need to sort it out. And also my final one was baking bread. So um, the bits and pieces that I've started, I have already um, got myself three exercise books for um, logging my work. So I've got one for finished objects and whips. Well, so whips and then as they become finished objects. One for sketching out designs, which is blank. And then one which is charted paper, which I use when I'm thinking about maybe like a crochet blanket or um, and some colour work. And then I'll sketch that into those books. So I started using that system really in the last couple of weeks of December and it seems to be working really well for me in particular because there are three matching jotters although one's blank one is land and one is graft and because they're all by the same manufacturer and in similar colours it makes me want to work with them so these are now my project books and it's amazing how something that simple because of the way that I am the way that my brain ticks something as simple as having three separate jotters for three separate uses but because they're matching I use them whereas I'm, I maybe have 15 other notepads they've got little bits and pieces but because they're not matching I haven't been using them so I am now which is good and the final one that I talked about which is a massive massive crafting goal for me for 2017 and one that actually is filling me with dread as we have just clunked the clock into the new year is that I'm not going to buy wool for personal use in 2017 and if you're watching you can see why I have got such a massive stash and this isn't all of it I've got more in a basket down on the floor there's more up here my fiber is up on a shelf behind me and I've got more out in the office all of my Rowan stash is out in the office and when I 
when I when I moved into this room and moved the stash palace into this room, I seriously looked at it and thought, what I should have done was looked at it and thought, I've got a lot of wool. What I looked at it, <laughs> I looked at it and thought, maybe I don't have enough wool for 2017. <laughs> Which is ridiculous because I have got a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, so I'm not going to be buying wool in 2017 for personal use and I've, I've had to categorise that for personal use because um, sometimes I have designs that pop into my head and I know that only certain types of yarn will work for that design and I'm looking for very specific colours to match in as well so in those cases I might have to buy them if I don't have something that's in my stash but also um, in my stash it might be something that's been discontinued and there's very little point in me um, designing something in a yarn that's been discontinued because if somebody likes the design and likes that yarn they're unlikely to be able to get it so there are times like that when I might have to buy uh, buy yarn and also I do buy yarn for other people for presents and I make presents for other people quite specifically so I'll give you an example my friend Fraser this is Jenny's husband he wants me to make him a cardigan now that's probably realistically going to take me, I would say, I've, I've never done a man-sized cardigan before, but it's going to take me between 60 and maybe 100 hours, I don't quite know where, but it's a huge portion of my time, effort, energy, all of those things are limited. And I know the colour that Fraser wants and I know the wool that he wants and I don't have it in my stash. So I'm going to have to buy that, but like I say, that's his birthday and Christmas present combined. But I will have to go and buy that. I could make it for him in, you know, Erica Knight's beautiful bright pink colour. But I don't think that's really what Fraser's looking for. Jenny would love it. She is the pink queen. But I don't think Fraser's looking for a bright pink chunky cardigan. <laughs> so there are clearly times where I'm going to have to buy yarn. But anything that is for myself, um, I'm really trying hard not to. I think the only one caveat that I'll add to that for my personal use is so that I'm willingly using this up, I don't want to just say it's an absolute no. If I get to, let's say, March time and I'm really, if I kind of bamboozle myself and say oh, I don't want to craft anymore because I'm not getting that fulfilment of buying yarn, then I think at that point what I should maybe allow myself to do is buy yarn at festivals but only at festivals and um, I have to be able to buy direct from the producer or the, or the dyer so it could be Verity at Truly Hooked or John and Juliet Arben when I go and see them or but somewhere where the provenance is very clear to me and I know that I'm buying it from the person that's processed it in some way rather than just going into a yarn shop and buying stuff just because it's there. I've got lots of that. I've got lots of the other as well. But um, I don't see the point in saying I'm not buying anything in 2017 if what that actually does is affect my crafting mojo. Now, it might not because I might just think that doing all this stuff is glorious, but it, I, I need to be very careful about the way that I set this up because I don't want to become... What's the word that I don't think of the word but I, I don't want to become down on, on crafting because I'm not allowing myself something and I'm it, it's not that I'm doing it for financial purposes I'm doing it because I've got so much 
and I don't need to just keep on buying, keep on buying, keep on buying. I could do quite happily, but there has to be a point, a, a kind of line in the sand drawn, and I'm drawing it for 2017. Slightly concerned, scared, but also looking forward to it. So one of the things I have been working on with that is trying to marry up some of my older yarns, so stuff that I've had for a little bit longer with projects. And the plan is to um, pick out, begin with six, and pick out six loads of different loads of yarn and six different patterns and bag them up and assign them all a number and then use a random number generator to say, when I've finished, um, we'll start with one, so let's say it picks out five, I have to go to bag five and that's the project that I next have to work on. I can do other projects as well with other, sta with other stash yarn, but once I've finished that one project from the bags, then I go to random non number generator and I pick the next one. And so that's, I think, how I'm going to do it. And I think it was um, Lisa on Ravelry is doing the same thing to try and use up some of her stash. I think she's in quite a similar position, though maybe, <laughs> maybe not to this degree. Um, but she's doing a similar thing, but she's doing it for... Um, with 12 different bags so she's got one every month and it might be that I quickly have to top up and go beyond the six but some of some of the things that I'm doing are really quite chunky so for instance I have got some very rustic wool that I bought at Wonder Wool Wales almost two years ago now haven't used it and I have got I would say maybe five five to ten kilos of this stuff and I dyed some of it up when I did the hand dyeing workshop um, so I've got some colour that I can put through with the natural cream and this is going to become a rug for my office but I've always picked other projects above this to do because other things have seemed more interesting so of course this is just sat in my stash so this year this has to be used um, another example is let me just get it out creating an avalanche I have some really beautiful yarn that I bought in New Zealand and it's it's really gorgeous it's 60% merino 30% possum and 10% nylon and when I was at Yarn Podium I bought the Franz Shaw by Joanne Scrace I love the crochet project and I'm going to marry these two up the beauty of the front shawl is that you can make it as large as you want it. You start at the smallest part and you can just keep on building and building and building. And this is quite a large skein of yarn that I have and so I can make really quite a decent sized um, shawl with it. It's 420 metres and it's as soft and soft can be in beautiful tones going from a kind of quite a brick red through into a purpley pink so that will be another thing that's going into the bag so that's two of my six bags sorted and i've got another four to sort out and uh, yeah just work out what else has been in the stash for quite a while or the things that i really like but keep on putting to the back either because they're so special or other things just come to the fore so one of probably one of the other bags that i'll put in there is lace weight yarn Grr. But I will find a project where I can double up. Uh, in fact, I know which project it is already. It's a knitted one. But that will go in. 
because I may as well use up the loose weight stash that I've got there and get it away and used. So there are my crafting goals. That one is a whopper. And yeah, we'll see how I get on with it. But you know, I'm, I feel like I should apologize to yarn stores up and down the country. I'm still going to come and visit you because I still need to have my fix and to smell the yarn. But if you see me and I'm not buying for a friend, don't, don't let me purchase yarn. I really want to see if I can do this and um, overcome my necessity to buy yarn. Yeah. So that's 2017. Add your goals in. Let me see what else you guys are all um, working on because it's lovely to see what you're signing yourselves up for. And there's quite a clear thread coming through that as well where it seems like a lot of people want to learn how to do Tunisian crochet or get better at it. So actually, general call. Do any of our listeners or would any of our listeners say that they are particularly proficient at Tunisian crochet? If you are, how do you fancy being quite a major part of maybe a spring crochet along? And by a major part, what I mean is um, maybe pulling together some worksheets on how you do Tunisian crochet, maybe pulling together what you think would be a good first project for people and also being available to answer people's questions if they ask. Are any of you able to do that? I can't. I've tried Tunisian crochet once at a workshop. Sorry, I have a cat's tail almost in my mouth. Um, at a workshop once. It was quite a busy workshop and I didn't get as much out of it as I had hoped. I certainly didn't get anything that I would really recognise as an amazing piece of Tunisian crochet. So that's something that's lacking in my crafting skill set that I would like to build up. But if I was going to run a crochet along on it, um, I wouldn't be able to be a major supporting factor in that. So if one of you could be, that would be amazing. And if you can get, ping me a message on Ravelry or on Instagram and let me know, because I'd really love it. I love this interactiveness of the podcast. So it'd be great if somebody else was able to step forward with the hands of Tunisian crochet and be part of the crochet along. Let me know who you are. <laughs> right, I have a cat on my show notes. Looking very disgruntled. So, we are ready to move on to finished objects. And I have, I've got a decent chunk of them. I will start with the socks. Um, I showed these a couple of weeks ago, a couple of, couple of podcasts ago, I think. I really need to get some sock blockers so, I can, so you don't get like sock puppet socks and you can properly see what my socks look like. Just found an end as well. That's pure show. Why have I not cut you? There's a little end in there. Um, these were um, a pattern that was done by Jill, who comes to Wolgathering Sandbatch, and they're called Solar. And up until this point, I'd only really done vanilla socks, really plain, plain socks. 
and so these were the first ones that I'd done with any pattern in detail on them at all and I love them they're really nice um, and they weren't it was quite easy to memorize the pattern and I've used the Rachel Coopy Soxia yarn in the color Malachite for these they're lovely and soft and I have to say these have softened up beautifully in the wash when I wore them the first time they were nice I could feel them on the pads of my feet and I've now since washed these and I suspect that they're just an awful lot softer now so I'm looking forward to putting these back on my feet um, really lovely pattern and I would say check them out if you just type in solar into Ravelry you will find the pattern details and it's a free pattern as well Jill has very kindly put it out as a free pattern she said that she's had the use of so many free patterns through Ravelry that she wanted to pay it forward so hence why this one's this one's a freebie I personally think she should be charging but you know that's another issue um I have got another pair of socks but I'm going to come to them afterwards and let me just grab this we have um friends Ben and Ian who've just had a little boy he's called Theodore I love his name, it's really nice and um, I promised to do to make something for Theodore so I'm going to crochet him a little cardigan, I think I might do him a little Aberfoyle or a little calendar cardigan um, but I haven't started that yet that might be one of my other Christmas crochet along um, projects so what I did instead was crocheted him a little pram blanket I really love the colours in this. Now unfortunately this is a discontinued yarn that I used. It was the Artisano, it's quite a chunky um, yarn and it was Artisano um, British yarn and it's British wool and spun at Laxton's in, in Yorkshire and I've used four colours, a navy teal mushroom and I think it's called wine or burgundy. Um, and the purpose of the project was one to get a pram blanket that would use as much of four balls of yarn as possible and also to try and make a blanket that needed as few ends as possible weaving in because um, I tried to leave all of my ends until I've washed and blocked a project not everybody does that and it means if you're crocheting it and you're changing colours in repeats you can end up with a lot of ends to weave in so with this one I was trying to create something um, whereby because of the stitches when you started a new round you could simultaneously so, um, crochet in your new colour and the end of your old colour and that's exactly what I managed to um, create and so what I'm going to show you is how little yarn is left over from the 400 grams I've used for this project now the um it was they were 100 gram skeins with 105 meters per skein and this i have got so little left in each of the four skeins it's quite incredible now i'm quite a tight crocheter anyway um but the the pattern has really been dictated by the usage of um each skein and I only have, I think it's just seven, two, four, five, seven ends to weave in at the end of this pattern. Yeah, 
um, because the rest of them have simply just been sewn in at the corners, um, well, crocheted in at the corners when I've been starting the next round. So I'm really chuffed with this and I need to get it ready to send to Ben and Rain for Theodore. Um, and yeah, I'm really pleased. It's also machine washable, which is quite important for them. Um, there's really not much point in me sending them a baby blanket that's so delicate and unusable and they would have to hand wash because they have a daughter already and you know both of them are just going to be very limited on time so um, this is super washable and it will just do the job perfectly and I love the colour, I really love the colours I don't know if any of you remember a TV programme called Northern Exposure I think it went out in the early probably the early 90s it was on Channel 4 and it's um, kind of a sitcom, but not really. Um, <laughs> there is definitely comedy to it, but it's set in Alaska. And the colours that I've used just remind me of some of the um, some of the artwork and some of the Indian representation that you see within Northern Exposure. So I'm clearly being pulled towards um, those colours and those. Um, kind of the, the icons of that culture at the moment in the same way that you know a month and a half ago everything was about Vikings and I had Viking shield designs coming through my head um, so it's it's interesting to see how much I am influenced by things that I'm watching and, and listening um, yeah my Theodore's Indian blanket I think so that's another finished object and then squeeze um i have got a pair of winter wonder socks which were part of the crochet along for the christmas cow and um, these are winter wonder by vicky brown and i've really enjoyed making these they were fab to make really easy to memorize the pattern completely di different construction from ones that i've previously made as well you start by making essentially a little um a little rectangle using DCs and then you build it up build it up as part of the tool and then you start working in the round and um, I'd not I'd made three pairs of crocheted socks before I started on these ones and I'd never done anything with this construction before I really enjoyed it um, and a kind of similar heel um, make up to the 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 ones that are done from raw um Joanne's Cruise is one but slightly different I think with the way that you start to build the heel up at the back and these are to date my best fitting crocheted socks so this is my third pair that for me and these are the ones that fit me the best now I had to play about with the gauge um quite a bit I moved to a three mil hook for these and I did the smallest size so the the design I have to say is for slouchier bed socks but that wasn't what I wanted but I wanted to use this pattern and that's why I played around so much with the gauge because when I did even the three mil for the larger size which is what I thought I would need they were they were going to be absolutely massive on me and I wanted to be able to wear these in my wellies so that's why I played about so much but yeah really beautiful pattern and in particular I love the banding at the top which is called the snowflake stitch and it's just it's lovely it's very sweet 
and um, it's a really nice way of having um, a ribbing at the top that's also quite nice and decorative so yeah they were they were fab to do I was this were the first thing I started for the crochet along and I really enjoyed making these I didn't take yarn out to Munich with me I should explain I went to Munich for Christmas um, uh, just Matty and I and we had such a lovely time really relaxed and chilled out Matty works his backside off he does such a ridiculous amount of hours so often when we go away on holiday it will be one of two types of holiday it will either be all adventure where we're just being crazy people jumping off stuff skiing doing all sorts of stuff or if it's a shorter break then what we tend to do is find nice accommodation and just relax and that's that's what we did over Christmas in Munich and it was just incredible and but I didn't take yarn out to start these socks under the pretense that well then I had to go and buy some from a local yarn store in Munich and Munich did not disappoint and oh sorry kitten um the yarn that I used it's Zilana and there it's their cozy sock yarn now I know Zilana because actually the yarn that I was talking about earlier that I'm going to do the Franz shawl in is also Zilana um it's not actually that's a total fabrication it's touch yarn the reason I was thinking it was Zilana is because it also has possum in it so this um Zilana cozy uh comes from New Zealand and it is 58% merino 22% nylon 15% brush tail po possum down and 5% baby alpaca and it makes the most beautiful socks these are really really warm the yarn has got a nice halo on it, it it's what I would suggest is you know sometimes I think when you get a skin of yarn it doesn't get that fibre halo on it and I like I really like yarn that has a fibre halo it makes me happy and I think for me what it also does is it's my favoured type of sock yarn I think sometimes the yarn like the socks yeah is more likely to fall down my legs whereas this stuff for some reason tends to stay on me more readily um, and I don't think it's to do with the nylon content I think it's to do with the, the fibres and my tension so you're more likely to see me using this type of yarn in the future for socks than, than anything else I really enjoyed working with this now if you haven't used possum and you're interested in it I would suggest that you read up on it first it will not be everybody's cup of tea um, however I I don't have any inhibitions about using possum yarn I eat meat and I wear leather and I am also a trained conservationist um, and therefore I I'm I'm fine with using possum yarn from New Zealand but if you were thinking about using possum you might just want to look into the details of it before you took that step because it will not be for everybody it's okay for me and it's glorious to work with really enjoyed it so fo number three sorry cat just just uh, shoved a sock in a cat's face and my final one that i haven't even woven in the ends of this year because i took off the blocking mats maybe and, and i will go 
This is my spun gold, which is another of the projects that we were doing for the Christmas crochet along. And yeah, it kind of it kind of speaks for itself. It's a beautiful golden colour. I stuck with this colour. It's quite similar to the one that Kat had used for hers. It's probably less orangey. Um, you may recognise it as the yarn that I'd used for my Leala top. It's because it's the same yarn, so it's Jeanette Sloan's um, Baby Alpaca 4-ply. And I think it's 70% Baby Alpaca, 30% silk. Now, Liala, with the tension square, used just over 200 grams. I think it was 210 grams. And so I was left with 140 grams of this yarn. And the construction... Hold on, sorry. The construction of this shawl means that you can use as much or as little yarn as you like and you simply get to the halfway point and the halfway point is when you've used half of your yarn so it was the perfect shawl for me to be able to um use 140 grams versus 100 grams of yarn it also meant that i've got a shawl that is more like the the length of shawl that i use and it's lovely and soft it's definitely in my colours. I'm wearing a maroony coloured top and the maroon and the, the mustard are just, I love them together, I really love them. Um, now, I did make some pattern changes to this. Uh, I stuck to the pattern other than it calls for quadruple trebles for part of the structure of the pattern. And I started doing quadruple trebles and decided that I just, it felt quite cumbersome as I was doing them. And I knew that a lot of this shawl would be done whilst I was traveling and sometimes in the semi-dark. And I just felt like it, they were too long and I wasn't enjoying the stitch. And so instead I brought it down to a double treble and that I felt was much more manageable. So that's the um, finished objects. And onto the whips. So I've got the three that I've already mentioned, which are Ankia, I'll come back to that. Shorelines, the blanket and the TARDIS cushion. Need to do them, need to get them sorted before the first six months of 2017. Ankia number two, sorry, Ankia number one was also a finished object. Um, and Juliet loves it which I'm so pleased about because my word that took me I think by the end maybe about 80-85 hours to make which is why Unkia number two is sat languishing I'm going to try and pick that up next week I just can't face it at the moment I had I really had to rush to get the first Unkia done to the deadline so I could pass it over to John at the Bath Christmas market and I just can't face going back and doing the other one yet. I just, I need a little more rest time before I go and do that. It's so involved and all encompassing. And I just, I, I've really enjoyed having time out over Christmas and New Year and not having to fill Unkia with my brain space. Not, yeah, not having to fill my brain space with Unkia. So I will come back to that. So I love it and I love the colours that I've chosen. I just can't do it yet. My, I just, I can't face it yet. But I will do. And then the other things that I have started. I 
this um, Pom Pom Quarterly, and it was, I think it's the spring 2016 um, version, and it was all about using natural shades. And there was a really lovely crocheted top, and I, I liked it a lot, but I wasn't so keen on how, not how it looked on the model, because it was nice, I just couldn't see how it could look nice on me because it seemed really quite like large and I like baggy items but don't like them to be too baggy. The pattern is Riverette and it's it's really lovely but it wasn't until I went to your podium and I saw the sample of it on Pom Pom's stand that I realised how much bigger the sample must have been than the model. And actually, if I just did the size that they had done as a sample, then it would probably be a really decent fit on me. And so when I was away in Munich, I was waiting for the crochet along I, we went out on the 23rd and of course I wasn't able to cast on anything for the crochet along until midnight and so I made a start on Riverit. Riverit, River that's a bit, maybe I just have a problem with things beginning with R. Riverit, Ravelry. Um, and I haven't got very far. I've basically started to chain up the side seam um, and maybe took me half an hour to do that and that's it that's as far as I've managed to get. I'm using the lovely Letelope which is some of the Icelandic yarn that my dad brought back for me. He brought me um, a garment's worth and so this is the garment that I've chosen to make with it partly because the pattern means I will have to have a top on underneath it anyway and yeah I'm, I'm quite happy with rustic yarn um, with something that's going to give a slight itch but I just wouldn't want that straight on my skin so Riverette seems like a really good pattern choice for this yarn. So I'll, I'll be cracking on with that over the coming weeks but that might take me quite a long time to get through. Um, so that's in my whips pile. And then the other thing that I've been doing, I promised on the podcast, you know me, I like to stick to promises and deadlines, I said that I would start a knitted garment in 2016 and I didn't quite manage it on 2016. Instead I started a little garment as Matthew and I were driving back up the road from seeing Jenny and Fraser and Lansing on the 1st of January. So I was, I was out by about 20 hours I guess, but I think you'll forgive me. <laughs> I don't think it's a big deal. Um, and this is what I am knitting. It's uh almost like a t-shirt top garment but quite baggy it's called lee l-e-i-g-h and it's in the book madder which is anthology to simple pleasures and they are patterns by carrie bostock hog and the whole book just really focuses on very simple designs in natural colors using very simple stitches so a lot of stocking stitch and and garter stitch but I think to really good effect. I think the whole book is beautiful and I will make lots of things out of this but the reason that I chose Lee as my first one is because 
the yarn that it calls for is Rowan Cocoon and I had enough in my stash to be able to make this and also just the construction of it is something that was very simple that I would be able to whiz off the needles and um, would give me a sort of beginning idea of where the decreases need to be in my body and where the increases should be and give me an idea of how I would construct the garment um, in a simple pattern which means that when I then move on to something that I'm going to make with some of my more expensive yarn I'll just have more confidence in doing that so I've now picked the pattern on all of the yarn for uh, my long life in the long grass scheme but I didn't want to tackle this until I tackled another garment and this is the one that I'm doing so I need I think it's five or six balls of the Rowan cocoon which is I find sometimes when you buy commercially manufactured yarn you don't get that sheepy sheepy smell you do with cocoon it's it's sheep in a ball. It's quite incredible. <laughs> I really like it. This is 80% wool and 20% mohair. And I know that this one was produced at Laxton's, which is in Yorkshire in Britain. I'm sad to say that Rowan no longer produced cocoon at Laxton's and it's now done in South Africa. But the batch that I've got was most definitely um, produced in Britain. And I know that because it has the flag and I also know it because Alan at Laxton's told me that this one was. So the shade that I'm using is 00809 which is Crag which is a really soft mid-brown colour. It's almost got um, silvery tones through it as well which I think might be the mohair and that's what's giving it the lustre. And it's a single ply with a really soft twist on it so it's quite interesting to work with. And already quite far through this has probably been one of the quickest things I've ever knitted and um, partly because I'm using six mil needles and it's just really quick because I've not done anything other than a, a knit stitch with it that's been it and um, so I'm almost I'm about two inches away from splitting for the armholes um, and I've just it's a bottom up construction so I've got quite a bit done considering I only started this two days ago I start when I'd fin I finished um, spun gold in the car on the way back up the road and then I started a cast on the this Lee um, garment so I'm, I'm quite chuffed with my progress so far so I'm probably yeah I'd, I'd like to think sign myself up for I'm such a fool with deadlines I would like to think that come next podcast, I'll be wearing this um, to podcast in if it doesn't look too horrendous. <laughs> if it looks nice, then I'll be wearing this to podcast in. It should be nice. It's lovely to work with, really nice yarn. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased with it and I'm pleased with how it's constructing so far. I, I think had this, had I not got this, yarn for the bargainous price of one pound per ball it usually retails at nine pounds fifty had it been nine pounds fifty i wouldn't have <laughs> wouldn't have used this yarn for the for this garment especially as it's the first knitted garment that i've made for myself i probably would have gone and found a cheaper alternative but all in all even if i use six balls in this garment it's only going to have cost me six pounds 
which is just it's ridiculous given that it retails at £9.50 a bottle but you know shopping gods were smiling on me that day most certainly so they're my two works in progress that I've got to show you at the moment um, yeah I'm pleased with the amount of progress I'm getting through with both and I'm really looking forward to seeing that crochet garment um, come to life and get a little bit bigger so hopefully I'll have moved that on some before the next podcast right I think I need to slurp some coffee and make sure this cat isn't going to hurl on a load of yarn he's literally I've got a bank of yarn and the cat is facing it can you imagine if he was sick on my yarn I think he'd be booted out the house he would never be allowed back in So, on to feeding the habit. Have a pension I'm not going to buy the yarn in 2017. This may have affected my consumerism in the back end of 2016. I had a look at um, my stash and looked at where some of the holes were and I felt that they were in sock yarn and the amount of variegated skeins I had from Indie Dyers that would really bring something new and fresh to some of my projects in 2017. So they were the bits I concentrated on um, when I was out and about. And yeah, I think I've plugged those holes. I think I've plugged those gaps. Let's show you some of the stuff that I have been buying. So when I was in Munich, of course, Germany has got some really good sock yarn companies. Um, you've got Sasha Meyer, which does uh, Regia, and there's also Volla Rodel, who also do their own sock yarn. And so I bought, I, won't, you know, I couldn't possibly show you all of it, but I bought some sock yarn. I think for most of these, I've got 100 grams, so I can get at least one pair of socks out of each. And then in the lead up to Christmas, I'd also been working with the Lang Jowl, which is another sock yarn and is super wash. And I'd, I'd bought some of it in Christmas colours to be able to do the colour work socks that I did as a free pattern, some little um, Christmas sock patterns that I'd done. So I bought some more of the Lang Jowl because um, I really enjoyed working with it. It's a very consistent yarn. They also, on the inside, you get a little bobbin of reinforcement thread which you can add into the toes and the heels um, which means if I'm making socks for people that are particularly hard on those areas of the, with their feet then I can make sure that their socks will last for longer but what I tried to do get colours that would match in with the, um, the Regia uh, yarns that I, I bought for doing socks so quite a lot of sock yarn has been purchased and when I was in Bath I got some more socks yeah the Rachel Coopy stuff because again I like working with that but one of the things that I discovered is that her yarn is very very similar to the construction of some of the single skein yarns I've got the kind of 80-20 merino nylon mixed yarns think her construction is the same and um, it's I think it's 80-20 as well the twist is very similar so what it means is that if I want to do a project with one of my single skeins 
I now have another set of colours that I can work in with that um, that project. So I bought some of that because it will do both shawls, jumpers and socks. So quite a nice backup yarn to have sat in my stash ready for when I'm not buying any. <laughs> and then Life in the Long Grass also did a lucky dip. And I figured, well, I love Life in the Long Grass. I quite like the concept of a lucky dip as well. Um, and I'd done the one with um, hedgehog fibres and so I got the Life in the Long Grass Lucky Dip. Now, I've been talking about Life in the Long Grass for quite some time on the podcast um, and I still haven't actually done anything with, it, with any of their yarn, partly because when I do I want it to be absolutely the right thing. But there was one yarn shade that they did, one dye lot, which I absolutely loved and it was called Tin Shed and I, I was never able to get it in any of their updates and when I did the Lucky Dip Tin Shed was one of the colours I got through in my Lucky Dip package and it goes from light light blue into um, grey into rust colours and it is, if you imagine a piece of corrugated tin roofing once it started to rust the other colours are represented in tin shed so when I opened the package from life in the long grass and I saw that I finally had like the hallowed skein of tin shed I was I, I was beside myself Matthew came home and I was like oh, I've got tin shed I've got tin shed and he was just looking at me thinking my wife needs help <laughs> she's possibly even beyond help but I was so so excited of all of the skeins of yarn that I could have got from Life in the Long Grass this was the one that I really wanted and it came through my Lucky Dip so I was really chuffed about that and then the other one that came through with the Lucky Dip um, it's nameless it, it must just be a random one that they had but it goes perfectly with tin shed it's rusts going into pinky colours really autumnal colours and the two together just look incredible and so I'm thinking that there might be a jumper in them and then then I got to thinking well if I use my tin shed in a jumper then I don't have it for a shawl that would be a shame so I went lurking in Ravelry and I found in somebody else's stash that they had up for sale a skein of tin shed for the bargainous price of £14. Now it retails for more than that. And so I bought their tin shed. But they also had some Eden Cottage Milburn up for grabs. Again, at a really decent price. And it's the colourway that I bought from her is rust, ha ha ha, which goes amazingly well with tin shed. And it also goes amazingly well with the other Lucky Dip colour that I had. So I now have enough Life in the Long Grass and even Cottage to make a jumper and I've still got a skein of tin shed to be able to make a shawl with. I can see why Matthew thinks I have issues and I can wholeheartedly see why it is I'm not buying yarn in 2017. I've got issues. I really have got issues. I just love yarn and I can't say no. Which makes me think of... Do you remember Green Chill? 
some of you American audience you'll have no idea what I'm talking about Fringe Hill was a school set kids drama and they had this stupid song about drugs which was just say no <laughs> and that's what I, that's that's like my motto for 2017 for not buying yarn is just say no just say no just say no yarn is my habit I'm going to break the habit this year I'm going to just say no so then my third scheme <laughs> from Life in the Long Grass was a DK and it just reminds me of pansies it's got really lovely speckles and this gorgeous forestry green going into an acidic green an acidic green an acidic green <laughs> and into a bright purple and when this came through the post as part of the Lucky Dep I thought I don't know what I'll do with you and then when I was sorting through my yarn I found some of the skeins that I had hand dyed at the workshop and they are beautiful colours of purple quite muted purples going into um, slightly brighter and when I popped them beside my life in the long grass skein they all worked really nicely together and they're all double um, knit as well so there's a really decent amount of yarn there that I can go at and I'm not sure what they're going to be and I'm contemplating bagging this up as one of my 2017 bags so that would give me three bags worth of stuff um, and then finding a project that this would all work with based on the on the weights but I can really see them coming together as something interesting I'd quite like to make them into a garment because I think um, a nice garment especially with the variegated in it somehow but yeah I need to go searching on Rav and see what I can what I can do with all of this so that's my life in the long grass haul and my sock haul and then I might have bought some skeins from Vicky Brown when I say might I definitely bought some skeins from Vicky Brown I am not Christmassy um, but when I saw this I just couldn't say no. Just say no. It's quite a Christmassy skein of yarn. It's red and green and um, Christmas tree green and cream and little hints of purple and blue in there. And it was it was a Christmas colourway that she'd done. And I actually think I might make socks out of this. I'm not quite sure. I think it might have to be a pair of Christmas socks because I just I think the the colours are just beautiful and although they're very Christmassy I think I can I can debar humbug myself enough to make these up but actually that means I've forgotten to show you another another skein of yarn so when I was um when I ordered that one from Vicky because you pay postage and packaging prices um I thought I may as well have two because I'm not going to be able to buy yarn in 2017. So I also bought a really lovely skein which is called Snow Queen. Which is ice white going into quite an icy kind of glacial blue. And then into a darker blue and quite speckled. And I really, I really liked it. It's beautifully soft. And again I've probably got enough colours in the rest of my stash that I will be able to mix it up either as socks or as a as a shawl so yeah I didn't I didn't mind so much buying that and Vicky also added a really nice little snowflake stitch marker um, 
<laughs> and on the on the Christmas skein she'd added a little stitch marker which had a, a bell on it so all of Christmas Eve and Christmas Day when I was doing the Winter Wonder socks every time I was doing the stitch you got this little tinkle 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 I must have driven Matty mad with it because it was the only stitch marker that I had with me and I had to use a stitch marker <laughs> um, which is why I started Spun Gold I thought I was only going to start a project for the Cal Finisher project start the next one and I'd taken the stuff out to Munich for me um, Munich for starting Spun Gold just in case I got through the socks really quickly and I figured I really can't use this stitch marker on the plane I will like they'll throw me off the plane so that's why I ended up starting Spun Gold early it was because the stitch marker whilst Christmassy I didn't think the other passengers would appreciate my little tinkle bell um, on the plane. So that was another one. And then mm, you may recognise the one of the balls I've got, which um, is by Helen at the Wool Kitchen. It's from her denim range. Really lovely. I bought this at Your Emporium. And one of the projects that I want to do for the Christmas cow I want to reverse engineer my design coliseum, the shawl, the one skein shawl, and I want to reverse engineer it so that you start with this, the fewest amount of stitches and then you can build the shawl up so it can become as large as you want it to be. But to do that you have to, it has to be a two skein project. So you can have coliseum as one skein or coliseum reverse engineered as a two skein project. And to do that, of course I had to buy more of Helen's yarn from the wool kitchen so what I decided to do was get the complementary one which also has quite icy blues denim colours in it but moves into pink which will allow me to see how the shawl looks using two different um, colour colours within it really um, so I had to I had to buy that so for those of you that have bought um, take two if you bought a hard copy, you will have already had an email download. And if you bought it um, electronically, you'll already have that. But what I'm going to do is reverse engineer this pattern, write it up, and those that have already bought Take Two will then, I'll email it out to you. So if you wanted to do Coliseum as a two skein project, I'll provide that pattern for you free of charge. Um, just as a kind of a goodwill thing to say thank you for buying the um, thank you for buying the book and here's another way that you can do it because that really is the whole point of the book it's about making things your own and if you wanted a bigger shawl then that's the way to do it because otherwise with Coliseum you start you chain, I think it's 465 and then you reduce, reduce, reduce um, so this would just be another way of approaching it so um, I'll be working on that in the coming weeks but oh, look at the glory that is Helen from the Wool Kitchen Jarn this is 50% merino, 50% silk, and it is, it's super soft, it's beautiful. I'm really looking forward to getting started with this. Is that it? No, it's not. <laughs> Who am I kidding? <laughs> is that it? When I was in Munich, I went to an amazing yarn shop. Amazing yarn shop. And I will talk about that in What's Good. 
they didn't have an awful lot of what I would term as very local yarn, but one of the ones that they did have, it doesn't even have, it's so local, it doesn't even have a name. It's got no marketing on it whatsoever. There's literally just a tag that says two or three. And I thought maybe that was dye lots and it's not. Two means DK and three meant it was um, a heavier, almost iron weight yarn. And um, Munich is the principal city of the region of Bavaria in Germany. And so I really want to be able to bring back some local yarn. And this is what they had. And I don't even know what... I don't know what breed it was. There was literally no information on it at all. And they had really quite subtle colours. A lot of grey, a lot of, um, I'm guessing, undyed natural colours. And then this really lovely, rusty orange colour. And I, bought, I don't even know what the meterage is. I'm going to have to work that out. Because, like I say, there's no marketing. This is as kind of rough and ready as you get from being spun. But I'm really looking forward to working with this. It's not a breed that I recognise. Um, I couldn't tell you what it is. It's certainly not Merino. I, whether it's a, a breed that's specific to Germany, I don't know. I did ask for more information, but given that my German is pretty much non-existent, um, it, and they do speak English in, in this shop, it's uh, De Mercery, Although I've seen that like it was French, um, the uh, I didn't want to question too far, um. So what I might do is email them and see if there's more information, but that this is Bavarian wool, and that's about as much is Bavarian DK wool. That's as much as I can tell you about it, and I have plans for this. This is going to become, I think. It's going to be a cowl, and it will either be knitted or crocheted color work cowl. So I bought this with very different plans. Um, yeah. We're nearly there. One of the final things that I got in Demersity, I really wasn't going to buy, but I couldn't help myself because I thought I've bought all the stuff that I really need to plug the gaps in my stash. And then I saw it sounds over the top to say that there was a halo of light coming from it, but there almost was a halo of light coming from it. It is a yarn by Blue Sky Alpacas, and it's a blend of baby alpaca and raw silk, and it's undyed, and it's it's called Metallico and very aptly named because it really does have metallic qualities to it it's like a liquid silver color and it's just beautiful you can see fibers coming off it and it's as soft as soft can be now it only has 135 meters to the 50 grams so anything that i do with this is going to be quite a small project and it's been some of you may recognize the there's a way of doing a skein and i think it's in a four-stranded plait which I just find really aesthetically pleasing anyway. So when I see a yarn that's done in this way, I, it automatically makes me want to buy it because it's been presented in such a beautiful fashion. And like I say, this was just had this little halo about it that made me want to come and buy it. 
So I've got two skeins of that as well. Very much on the basis that I'm coming towards the end of 2016. And why not? I have got issues. So I think, I think that's everything that I've bought in the lead up to not buying any more yarn. Which is quite ridiculous that I've bought more yarn to not buy more yarn. But I now feel satisfied that I can go into 2017 with lots of beautiful yarn and lots of interesting yarn and lots of breed specific yarn and I can really tackle 2017's crafting and feel feel like I've got lots to go at and lots to inspire me. That's the bit that's really important. My stash really inspires me to craft and to crochet and to knit and to sew. And that's why I buy so much of it, but there's very definitely a requirement to stop buying yarn now. So moving on to what the Rav. Um I've used Rav for must be coming up for two years now. And it wasn't until I think I was 12 months into using Ravelry before somebody very kindly sent me a message on Ravelry to say, do you know that if you do this, then you can link to project patterns, books, whatever. And I hadn't. And um, it's called magic linking. I think that's the official term that they use. Yeah, it's magic linking. And when you reply to uh, a thread, this information will appear above the text box that you would type into. Now, clearly, I'd been replying to threads and ignoring that bit of information every single time. And the information is actually quite important. And what it allows you to do is link to a pattern or a person or a yarn or a project or a group or a book. And it's really helpful information. So if you're saying, oh, I really love this yarn and this pattern from this book, then it allows you to set it all out for somebody else to then be able to go into those links and find it very, very easily. So, for instance, if you are posting up a work in progress, you could link it to the pattern that you're using and the yarn that you're using. Or if you're talking about somebody else's project, you could link it to the person and their project page, which means that you will have fewer people like me pestering you saying, what yarn did you use? Uh, what's that pattern, please? because you will have already put it up there as part of your thread response. And it's really simple to do, but not everybody uses it, but it's very, very beneficial for the people that are going to read your thread. So I figured that's a good one to quote the Rav, because I'm sure I'm not the only one that was using Ravelry for quite a long time before I knew what magic linking was and before I really started to use it as just a matter of course when I was replying to stuff on Ravelry. And it is so simple to do. So let's say I was um, starting a new yarn and a new project and I was talking about it in the whips thread for the Franz shawl. That's what I've got in front of me. And I was going to use uh, Life in the Long Grass for it. So what I would do is say, here's my whip, all the blah, blah, blah. This is what I'm talking about. Um, I'm using and what I would type in square brackets, life in the long grass, um, four ply fingering sock, close square brackets, parentheses, so um, curved brackets, yarn, close, close parentheses. And that will automatically make Ravelry search through their yarn database 
because you've named what the yarn is and you've told Ravelry that it's yarn that it's looking for. Um, and then I would do exactly the same. Pattern is square brackets, front shawl, curved brackets, pattern, closed curved brackets. And then again, Ravelry knows I'm looking for front shawl in their database of patterns. You write out everything else that you want to write out. You add your photos if you're adding a photo. And then when you press the post reply button, it should give you, if it's got more than one front shawl for um, instance, or more than one life in the long grass for ply fingering sock, it will give you a list of options. And you simply click on the option that is the one that you are meaning. And then it will magic link you to that yarn and to that pattern. So when somebody else goes in to look at your work in progress, let's say they want to add this to their queue or they want to earmark this as yarn that they really love, you've made the step an awful lot simpler for them. And again, if you're talking about a person or a book, then it allows you to do exactly the same for that. It saves a lot of time and it allows people to interact with you more on Ravelry. It's really, really useful. The only thing I would say with that and the top tip that I would give you is if you're going to do that, it's well worth having a little notepad beside you. And before you start your response, noting down what the yarn is and what the pattern is, the exact wording, because that's quite important. And then once you've started your response, you've already got that information there ready to put into the brackets. Otherwise, what you'll find is you might have to go searching for that information to get it 100% accurate. And if you come away from the post that you're in, in that same tab, then you can lose the comments that you've already put in because you haven't posted them so effectively you haven't saved them. The other way around that, if you don't want to write them down with um, pad and paper, is to open up a second tab in Ravelry, which means that you've got one that you can double check the yarn, what it's been called on Ravelry and the pattern, and then one that you're using to post your thread responses to. And that will um, that will really allow you to make the most of Ravelry. Um, people tend to do it quite a lot within the crochet circle group already, but not everyone does. And I'm not saying I'm not saying at all that you have to do this. Do whatever you like, really. But I'm just saying that I find this extremely useful. And the more people that use it, the more useful Ravelry becomes and the less time people have to spend trying to search out what that pattern was. It's, it's a really helpful tool on Ravelry. So yeah, quad the Rav. Use the magic linking if you can. It's an absolute uh, lifesaver for me when I'm looking at what people are doing and it allows me to be really quick and efficient at logging other things in my library and favouriting things because it's just one click through to see what it is that they're talking about. Um, and it also means that I then take more interest in the other bits and pieces that they've got going on in their project page because I'm automatically interested in how they lay things out and the other projects that they are, they've been doing. So yeah, that's my Quad the Brav for this month. And I've already got next month's lined up because there's got a lot going on in Ravelry that um, you can make use of. So, final bit, what's good? I think there are a few bits, but it all comes under one major banner, which is that Matthew and I managed to have some time off over Christmas and New Year. We both worked in between, but um, and Matthew had to go into the office, but I 
worked from home and just really enjoyed it. It was lovely. Um, we went to Munich for flat on the 23rd, came back on Boxing Day. Then we spent New Year's down with Jenny and Fraser down on the south coast. They live in Lansing and that was really lovely to spend some time with them. And spent time with Winky and the Duke and just play games and lark about and sit and craft with my best friend. It was it was really lovely and um, did things like taught Jenny how to block items. We, we blocked the pram blanket together. And yeah, it's just really nice to have some good, a good solid amount of time with them. We try to see them once a month and it doesn't always happen so I feel I feel really chuffed that I got we, we got time to see them over the Christmas New Year break which was lovely. But Munich was just so nice we stayed in a, a really lovely hotel um, accommodation was just gorgeous and we just had a very chilled out time of it. Matthew um, reads a lot and he reads on a Kindle which is very fortuitous for me because it means that we can take a walk to a yarn shop <laughs> and Matthew will sit there and he will sit and read quite happily and so that meant that whilst we were in Munich I managed to get three yarn shops in especially with the no yarn in 2017 rule that I'm self-imposing it meant that I had the last few days to try and get bits and pieces that I felt I would need for my, um, my stash and every single one of those three yarn shops had seating spaces for people that were maybe yarn enthusiasts, aka men usually, and or husbands usually, or sons and members of family. Um, and yeah, so Matthew managed to sit in my favourite of those three yarn shops, I think for probably an hour to an hour and a half, whilst I just perused and it was an incredible shop. I was, it was suggested to me by another podcaster, um, Julia from the Happy Knitting Podcast, lives in Munich and I'd sent her a message on Ravelry asking which one she would go to and she pointed me towards Diversity, which is um, just fabulous. Really nicely curated and, and when we walked through the door, Matthew looked at me and said, if you had a yarn shop, this is what it would look like and the fixtures and fittings were fabulous there was a sense of humour to it as well that they'd um, sewn tiny little dresses for um, little Cindy Barbie dolls and they were sat on the windowsill it was just it was very nicely done very tastefully done but with a sense of humour and I just I really liked it one of the things that I particularly loved is they had a big map of the world and on it they had tagged where all of their yarn comes from um, so you could easily just go and work out where it was that your wool was from I really like that aspect of it, it's very open policy it's what I try to do with my own company is be very open about the provenance of my products and it was just nice to see a yarn shop that was doing that too so yeah diversity was lovely the people were very engaging they have a little cafe down at the bottom really nice set of yarns and as you've seen I, I got some Bavarian yarn from them um, the other one that I managed to get to was Ludwig Beck which is a department store um, it's actually just around the corner from the main department store and it's slightly unusual in that they, they display their yarn by colour um, which makes for a very aesthetically pleasing shop but not so good when you're maybe trying to match yarn types 
Um, I bought some sock yarn from in there and some needles, some new circular needles, but I didn't, whilst it was beautiful, I didn't think it was the best for making me want to buy more yarn because it felt like it was more hassle to try and match up the yarn than it needed to be. Um, but nice shop, really lovely stuff. And then the third that I, one that I went to is called Vola Rodel, which is um, a yarn brand in its own right. And I think they have chains throughout Germany. Um, wasn't really a fan of that shop. It it wasn't particularly well, the shop wasn't welcoming, but the three members of staff weren't particularly welcoming. I felt like I was being assessed, which I'm never a fan of. I'm a very friendly person, smiley, bubbly. And when I walk into a shop, that's what that's what people get. And I was just. There's nothing coming back from these people. Even with a language barrier, you know, a smile transcends all languages. Nothing, absolutely nothing, which I thought was a shame. I bought some yarn from them because they had some nice sock yarn. Had they been more pleasant with me, I probably would have bought more, but you know, customer service is everything and they did not have it. I really felt like I was being assessed, either as a crafter or, oh, I don't know, they just, it felt a little bit pretty woman and their mistake was huge, massive. Yeah. This is the, in yarn shop terms, this was Rodeo Drive. Um, so yeah, that was a shame, but the other two more than made up for it in particular, De Mercerie was just beautiful. So if you ever get the chance, if you're in Munich, it's about a 20 minute, half an hour walk from the central station and it's well worth it. You will not be um, you'll not be disappointed with their choice to take that little trek. I'll put some photos up in the show notes and I'll put some in the video here so you can see what it looks like. But what a beautiful place. So my what's good is really about the fact that I've had some time out. Matty and I have spent some really nice time together and um, we got to see our friends as well and just have a lovely New Year's. It's just, it's just been fantastic to do. I have taken some video and I will do it will be a very short vlog on um, Munich. I'm slowly picking up the courage to turn the camera on myself and talk within the vlogs. It's not something that comes particularly natural naturally to me. This I can do because it's me and a camera and nobody's watching me. Although my neighbour over there might be glaring through his window, I don't know. Um but I just uh, to do it on a busy street on a on a Friday night in Munich, just didn't didn't quite feel right. So at some point you may see my face whilst I'm out vlogging, but for now it's going to be little snippets of video and um, some photos of where it is I've been. And I might do some audio overdub over it, but frankly, if I'm going to do that, I may as well just talk on the camera. So I'll build myself up for that for 2017. So that's it, folks. I really hope you've had a lovely festive season. Um, I hope you've relaxed, had some nice family time and remember you still have time to join Christmas along. It's um, it's ongoing, you've got until the 31st of January and I will open up the FO's thread before you are listening or watching this podcast. It will be there. So enjoy and I will see you in a month's time. Bye bye.
not going to laugh this time. I'm a serious journalist. I'm a serious podcaster. <laughs> okay, I am going to laugh this time. left hand money um, followers on Instagram because of the crochet along that we've been um, doing um, and quite a few more people coming in through the rivalry group I'm sorry that sounds like my cat been sick I'm off to investigate what are you doing Pombry? <laughs> <laughs>